podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a Playback Media production. Guess all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that could have told you that that substitution wouldn't work. This week on Heart and Hand, into the playoffs. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host, and I'm joined this week from a remote location uh, by Mr. Scott Vanderacker. Hello, hello, hello. Um, nice to, to have you on board, Scott. There were some complaints about last week that some people felt that you sounded as though you were being recorded from the moon. In mitigation, may I state that you're the one with all the fancy gear, and I don't mean clothes or drugs, and I have no control over the sound which thus emanates into the fancy high-tech that, yeah, that is true, that is true But I'll blame you anyway Yeah, of course, because I'm the kind of person who would make an arse of it Yeah, yeah, and then people are more likely, to, more apt to believe that Speaking of things that we can't believe Let's go to Timecast on Saturday Let's take a magic carpet ride through history And go back to Rangers versus Hearts Now, there were good points And there were bad points So... Let's start off in a positive frame of mind and say that the team for 80 minutes went 2-0 up, deserved to be 2-0 up, played very well. Darren McGregor at the centre-half was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Andy Murdoch in midfield was absolutely superb. We played with a maturity and a passion. We looked dangerous on the break. Still a little powder puff up front, but I think as we've discussed before that that's, you know, we just don't have the talent in that area rather than any lack of effort at the moment. But it looked as though, although it was going to be for naught, as Hibs had, had gone into a 3-0, a 3-0 lead at Falkirk and had punished us for the mistake of the previous week, which I think we all felt was going to cost us. It did look as though we were going to get into the playoffs with a morale-boosting win. That wasn't to be, Scott, was it? It wasn't to be. For just as the week before... If we can take a magic carpet time machine and go back well, another week, but to a different place and that, you know, mm-hmm. still with me? Well, if we've got a magic carpet ride that can go back in time, we could. We might as well go back, go back there. I don't want to go back anywhere where it's difficult to do stuff. No, you'd have to have basically clean water and antiseptic and penicillin and stuff like that. We're not going to go back to where we could get infected by the pox. No, good, 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 good Lord, no. We're not going back to 1995. Absolutely not. Um, so we went back to Falkirk game and yeah, losing two goals from our... or giving away cheap goals and stuff. We've had the opposite. It was the fight back at Falkirk and everyone said, let's take some positives. Let's take... And now we had the hearts having a fight back and now we're saying, let's take some positives from the first bit of the game. Basically, both were avoidable. And you do have to take some positives, but with these 79, 80 minutes on the clock, you're not looking under that much pressure. It does look like we're coasting. And then, of course, of course, the man who's never played for months, Foster, is apparently, according to those in the know, struggling a bit to last 90 minutes and might need to be replaced. Oh, they're rummaging for the substitution boards and up the boards go. What happens, David? Well, I think, and I've said this oft and long on this pod, that the most disappointing thing for a supporter is when you are right as an amateur when you're sitting in the stand 
and you're not one of these guys who you know coaches a local boys club and fancies himself as a sort of Aldi Alex Ferguson. You're just a supporter. You, you like football. You know, you, you you and I are quite passionate football fans. We watch a lot of it. We read books on it, all the rest of it. But we're amateurs. You know, it's it's a hobby. It's something we follow, and. There's nothing worse for a fan than when the highly paid professional you put your trust in does something that you know is utterly ridiculous and mm-hmm. then you're proved right that it was utterly ridiculous. And we, we had that a lot under Ali where he would do things and you would say, I'm not sure about that, and you would be proved right. And it happened so often that it eroded his credibility to a point now where most people, no matter how fond they are of Ali McCoy's ex-player or Ali McCoy's, the man, think of him as a sort of managerial halfwit because so often he was proved to be. When that board went up and it became clear that Rangers were going to replace Ricky Foster with Lee McCulloch, and further, when it became clear that Rangers were changing the entire structure of their defence, going to what looked like a kind of rickety 3-5-2, dropping back and putting the star man on the park, Darren McGregor, who was by far, incidentally, the best player on the park on Saturday. One of those games that players dream about, certainly defenders dream about, where he was just on it for everything. I immediately tweeted, I can't believe that this is happening. And what's that? If I can go and look up the tweet, and uh, I think I said, is he, re- is he really doing this? I couldn't believe it. And there was a flood on Twitter at this point of people saying similar. Within seconds... Rangers had lost the goal. Um, now, people have blamed Cammy Bell for this mistake, and they are right too. However, as was then proved for the next 10 minutes, when we were sitting far too deep, when Hearts brought, put pressure on us and we eventually folded under it, it was quite clear that the whole defence was unnerved by these changes. It was a colossal cock-up, because I was always brought up with that you don't change a defence that's working unless you have to. Now, okay, maybe Ricky Foster couldn't go the next 10, 15 minutes. We'll put on a fullback or put on yeah. a defender to play fullback. To change the whole structure of the defence to put McCulloch on, it looked to me like it was Stuart McCall who had made the correct decision and, well, he would consider it a brave decision. I don't because it's been so obvious. But he had dropped McCulloch and I think he then wanted to kind of put an arm around him and say, on you go. But unfortunately, we were only 2-0 up. The game wasn't won. He gambled that the game was won, and it wasn't. I think there that also does not do Stuart McCall much credit, which is if you're going to take Ricky Foster off to give him a rest, OK. And that is fair enough, isn't it? He's not played a lot of football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's understandable. Why is there not a right-back on the bench? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. I have a specialist right-back. You have got a guy who's not played much football who you know is not going to last 90 minutes. Why is there no right-back? I just... Last thing that struck me, the time has been utterly baffling, is why is there no right back on the bench? I just, also, say, why go from a back four to a back three, especially when you've got McCulloch in there, who slows a week in the jail, which also means, as we've said in this pod for years, and I'm so fed up, it drags the whole team deep. It does. You can't leave space behind them because they've got no pace, so they all play the edge of our own box. It's just a calamity, and as you said, there's no point in paying these guys these big wages and it did undermine Ali. Ali was getting £800,000 a year. And people we knew, we knew, second-guessed all these bad decisions before they'd even unfolded. Yeah. That is what undermines you. Stuart McCall did this thing on Saturday or the weekend. Everybody knew what would happen and what it would lead to. Everyone. It does take away some of the faith that you have and some of the ability of him to, to conjure things out, you know, pull a rabbit out of a hat. It really demoralises you on the way to the playoffs because is there anything there? Is there a, a secret? Is there a plan B? Is there something they're going to work on all week? 
because that was just shit. I just think that Stuart McCall may well have kind of signed his own death warrant when it comes to getting a job full time with that. Well, literally though, Rangers aren't that kind of club. No, no, we're we're not we're not into that. Uh, if if there was ever going to be a time we were, I'm sure it would have happened at some point over the last three years. So yeah. let's just say here, for the record, before we have um, gangs of people shouting in our face angry slogans, it seems to be the new the new thing in Scotland this week. Yes. Can we just say that we do not want to execute anyone? No. At our club? No, after a show. We're not going to give a show trial to, to shoot McCall, then give him a cigarette, blindfold him and shoot him when he's tied to a stake. It's not going to happen. At least... At least we're not advocating it. No, we're not advocating no. it. No, absolutely not. And let's just clear that up. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that McCall, he made it very difficult, as you say, that's a, a, the right turn of phrase, he made it difficult to faith in him because it was such a stupid decision. It was so obviously a stupid decision. And he's had a, a bad few weeks. Now, we it's our fault because we eulogised him pretty much on the pod a few weeks ago and said how well he was doing. And since then, the mistake quota has gone up. And unfortunately, with this group of players, you don't have wiggle room for mistakes. No. He put Robbie Crawford on at full-back last week. It was a disaster. It cost us two goals. Now, I can understand at least why he was trying that. It was an attacking move. So you cut a bit of slack for that. But there was no slack to be cut on Saturday. And it was such a shame because we played really well. We had it was a great away performance. We got our goals, kept hearts at arm's length, worked really hard, very industrious, and it looked as though we were going to go into the playoff with a little bit of momentum. That all eroded, and the fact that we've spent the first ten minutes of the pod talking about this this decision and what turned it to be a meaningless match in terms of how the league looked at the end of the season, I think that that tells you something. And you know, maybe maybe you were right, and it, it hurts me to say that, Scott. It hurts me to say that. But the way I the way I figure it is is stop clock twice a day type thing, you know. Yeah, it had to happen. It had to happen. It's been been a while, but I think that you said a few weeks ago, is it that McCall's doing really well, or is it that we have just been so used to yeah to terrible management that competent management to us looks like Jose Mourinho, and I think you were maybe right, and we've seen in the last few weeks enough to say that you've flunked a job interview I would say yeah. now I wrote an article for We Are The People magazine which you, you can buy if you want but I don't get any money for it so you know I'm not bothered it's a plug but yeah I would buy it because it's good but you don't have to don't think but they could at least give you a cut I mean that's all you're well, saying well apparently the money's used to buy shares in the club <laughs> and they always do <laughs> shit like that to you all these people that get me to do stuff Scott they come away with shit like that or oh, we're using it to buy shares in the club or it's gone to a charity and you're like because you can't say no right no. You know, you want to, obviously. And but what use is it to you? I mean, it's not... It's not, it's not any use to talk to me. Absolutely, right. I'm giving up my time, my wit, and my intellect, right? Mm-hmm. Which are tradable commodities, by the way. I mean, they, this is worth money. And I give it away... Do they know who you are? I mean, do they know who you are? I'm the Davey Edgar. Do you are him, yeah? The. And, uh, yeah, I do it, and, and I get nothing for it. But, yeah, they always come to me, like, stuff like that. Oh, well, it's for charity, or oh, it's for this, it's for that. And I'm like, for Christ's sake... I draw the line at ball shaving if anybody wants yeah. to, to well unless there's it's part of a larger programme of event and it depends who's shaving yeah there you go yeah um, but in We Other People magazine I said that the problem that Rangers have is with McCall if he had done well this still exists if we go up through the playoffs incidentally is that any new manager coming in, if he doesn't get off to a good start, there's almost like a manager in waiting. You know, there's like an exiled king. Uh, yeah. And people will say, oh, if McCall was here. But 
I do stand by that if McCall doesn't take us up, he shouldn't get the job. As harsh as that is, because yes, it's not his players and all the rest of it, but I think that if you just looked at the body of evidence, you would say he done, he did, uh, bad grammar there, he did reasonably well, but not well enough that you would think we can't get a better option. The converse of that is, of course, that the fact if we are in the first division next season, it makes it harder to get in a better manager and it might perversely make his chances of getting the job a little stronger. I think there's, there's three basic things there, David. Number one is what disappoints me most about Stuart McCall's tenure is it's something that we've said, OK? And I think, in fairness to you, and I don't like doing this either, I hate using it in fairness to you, David, because you're such a... Ooh, aren't you? No, I really am. But... I mean, I'd hate me if I wasn't me. Exactly. I'd admire did, me, but I'd hate me. But you had a caveat at the time when you were loading, when you were loading him and praising him, is that these players have to be watched like a fucking hawk. Yes. Right? You cannot trust them. What's disappointed me is that he has quite quickly slipped back into the old, ha that's a laugh. I, you know, not just a laugh, the, me and the lads. And he was harsh the first few weeks. Remember Stony faced press conferences? Yeah. Recently, they're slipping back into what they always did wrong. And I'm just disappointed that he couldn't keep on them. Maybe put a foot in their neck a little bit longer. It looks a bit weak to me. That's one thing. Second thing is, I've got a feeling, and it's just a hunch, and it's nothing to do, like Quasimodo, if you will. Right. It's not based on anything. But I think the financial figures and what's under the bonnet um, is worse than anyone suspected. I think things will come out. And I don't think at the moment there's much money to replace. People keep saying, oh, Stuart McCall must go, and, Br- and Michael Loudrop will come in. But no, I've got a funny feeling the budget is limited. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that in terms of, of getting someone to come in, if you say to them, we're in the SPFL and there's a chance of, however remote, that is remote, but there's a chance to go and try and win something, and you know you can get into Europe, all that kind of stuff, then the SPFL right. isn't that attractive, but people can see that there is something there, there's there's long-term possibilities, even if it is just a case of coming in and doing well and maybe getting a move somewhere else, you, you have that opportunity. You can't really offer that in the Scottish Championship. You're asking somebody to effectively give up a year of their career to then get the opportunity, which isn't a fantastic opportunity yeah. maybe for someone who's got ambitions to manage in the Premiership or whatever. So it, it does reduce your pool of available talent. I, also, though, I think that McCall took a gamble, which was, I'll be good enough to get this team up. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't make it, then he didn't fulfil his part of the bargain. And it was a, a tough gig. So I just think that there's been enough evidence to suggest that Stuart McCall isn't the best manager we could get. Now, I'm not a great one for, however, if, if we do this, they can get the job, because there is the argument that you're either the right man or the wrong man. Um, yeah. And you know, an arbitrary result, one or two, shouldn't shouldn't change that. But I do feel that if he did get us up, there would be that hangover element for a new manager that any mistake would be viewed through the prism of there is a manager there who can come in and take the job. So I would understand why it would be easier for the club to give him the job if we went up. And certainly it would be more difficult, not impossible, but more difficult to grumble about it. However, if we don't get up, I think that it's a case saying, Stuart, thank you very much. We appreciated your time. If we're bringing in a coach who maybe doesn't know Scottish football, we'd be quite happy for you to continue as his assistant because you weren't quite up to the job, manager. However, um, you know you, you are a better coach than what we've had in that role previously. Yeah. But I don't believe that he would have done enough to, to yeah. secure the position full-time. Ever. Conversely, and maybe our army 
our army, David, readers and listeners and pod fans can see what they think. But conversely, it might be easier to keep him if we don't go up. For two reasons, budget, restraints, and who's going to get to come, as you hinted at earlier. But secondly, you've easily got the smokescreen of, well, Stuart come in, he'd a bad, he's dealt a bad hand, he started off in an almost mission impossible, but no one could have done any better, and he deserves to get rid of these players, get his own players in, and get a whole season. That's what he deserves. And I think it would be easier for the board to keep him if we don't go up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think that that is something that you might see happen. Against that, the reason I would counter against that for the board is, I like this point counterpoint. This is we should do this more often. It's the the basically what's happened is I've looked at the the election campaign this week, and I've thought yeah. we need to do the exact opposite of that. Yes, right. I I have a dream, Scott. I, I'm almost, and I hate to compare myself to Martin Luther King, but if people out there want to want to do so, then you know I'd, I. I wouldn't stop them, right? I'm certainly not comparing myself to one of the greatest and most influential figures of the 20th century. For a start, this is the 21st century. That's all you're saying. That's all I'm saying, right? However, I too have a dream. And I have a dream, and you may say I'm a dreamer. It's not that dream, it's not that the Swedish... No, it's not that one, no. No, 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 it's not that one. I have that fairly regularly. Sometimes when I'm awake, um, surprisingly enough. But I have a dream that... One day, and that day may never come, but one day, someone who's not Scottish could watch Scotland Today or report in Scotland without thinking that everyone in this country is a c- That would be my dream. I think you've got a bit of a weight there, though. I know that we're not. I no. meet people out in the street. They're nice. They're normal. They're not like what we're seeing on the news. They're not Berlin's. Uh, there's no, there's thousands of wonderful Scottish people. Ah, but what, what's the point in living in 21st century Scotland, David, if you're not an attention-seeking immature walloper? Yeah, yeah. See? Uh, I, I don't know, maybe. Anyway, I, I, I have that dream, and who knows, maybe maybe one day that dream will be realised. But in terms of the point-counterpoint, I'd say that McCall is definitely, I think, more likely to to get the job if we get promoted because we use itself, but it's not impossible for them to get it if we stay down I would counsel the board against that simply because they need to attract people back to the ground they need to attract yeah. people back to what's the club and we can debate about whether or not going to see Rangers should be enough we can debate about people said after the the Spivs had left that we would all go back and watch the game people can talk about the the should-haves and the you-saids and the you know why-nots the real politic of the situation is we're playing in front of 35,000 most weeks. There's 15,000 people at least who are not going back and Stuart McCall is not going to make them go and buying a season ticket. There will need to be something in the summer, especially if there's not bigger games. I mean, I hate to say big games to look forward to because I hate to disabuse you know Neil Doncaster of this notion, but Motherwell, Inverness... Not that exciting, no. you know. Even after three years away, but we need to have something that makes us want to go and watch Rangers. You see, the key thing about being a Rangers fan, and I think I speak for a lot of Rangers fans when I say this, and certainly not, you know, if you don't, that's fine. I'm not speaking for you. Just a lot of punters I speak to say the same thing, which is, in Scottish football, we watch Rangers, right, and it's Rangers versus a and other. 
Even yes. even Celtic, it's just they're our rivals, but they're just the team that stop us winning stuff. For me, it's Rangers and the teams we play. Mm-hmm. If I want to watch good football, flick of a switch, three hour drive, it's easy to do. You don't watch Scottish football for the love of football. It's pish, right? It's yes. depressing, it's dank, it's full of arseholes. The product is pathetic. That's not why we watch it. We watch our own team through loyalty, history, and the fact that we kind of have to. Yes. If I want to watch good football, I watch the Champions League semi-finals this week, which have been fantastic. I do not watch, with all due respect, to the United Inverness Caledonian Thistle, which was no. third versus fourth this week, and I think was played in front of two and a half thousand fans, under two and a half thousand fans. So, the idea that people will just turn up because it's Rangers. It's not there anymore. The idea that people will turn up because they always have, it's not there anymore. No, the board have to give us some box office. And again, we can debate about whether that's right or wrong, but it is a fact. Well, I'm a little bit older than you, brackets considerably. Because you're, you're about to say that. I was actually, and I was going to use the word considerably, that's quite impressive. And in my day, basically, went to Rangers because it was staunch and it was a community team. And I like people to interpret community in any way they wish. And thirdly, because there was no much football on TV from abroad. That's just a fact. You went to Rangers, it was all magic, Miss Bosch. There wasn't the pressures on parents and on people now to avoid going to see Rangers. Politically, the way the police behave, the way stewards behave, the amount of football on television, the price, the breaking of bonds between people who've, who've got used to season ticket culture or people that haven't have drifted away, it just isn't the same. And as you said, the, the board cannot sit down and go, well, the Rangers fans, of course they'll come. That there has to be something to come for, and part of that will be match day experience. Now, it won't make up for the league being pish, but it may make a massive difference if from one o'clock till about six o'clock there's a vibe about the stadium. It's exciting to go, and I don't just mean Broxy Bear shaking the odd child's hand. They have to make something happen, and that does include, and I know this is the age old argument, and it'd be good to have an argument with a fan, with the pod lovers, but entertaining football does matter now. It's not enough to grind it a 1 0 win. They are going to have to offer up something of a sporting nature as well as a staunch, I'll endure this and just sit through nature, or people will drift off. And that's unavoidable, I'm afraid. But you've seen that even with uh, Celtic, who, despite their protestations to the contrary, are not playing to packed houses. They're going to win the league every year for the, for the next, probably even the next three or four years at least. But that's not enough. And I'm sure that they'll get a boost when we go back up, no matter what they say. But, yeah, I think people now are saying, this is a lot of money to me, what am I getting for it? And it became such a chore watching Rangers the last couple of years that there were times you questioned your sanity. And there were times you're like, why am I doing this? And I kept going up until it became absolutely apparent that turning up was supporting thieves. And I couldn't do that anymore. So... But then the day that, that the new board came in, I bought my season tickets, you yeah. know, and, I got, and, and I've been going, and I was enjoying being back because it's nice to be back and stuff. But, yeah, I can understand guys who are, you know, have got more commitments than me. You know, my, my kids are two dogs. They don't cost me that much money. Uh, I can understand for, a, for families that it gets harder to fight the wife off uh, or harder to just justify to yourself money that you could be spending elsewhere so it's tough now we, we start off uh, the, the, the playoffs with a trip to Queen of the South which has become a bit of a bet noir of ours I would say bogey team but there's about 8 or 9 clubs vying for that for that title yeah. it would be unfair to just single out Queen of the South as being a bogey team mm-hmm. uh, actually quicker to list the ones that aren't 
really. But yeah, I mean, this plastic pitch thing, I think is a ready-made excuse for our players and I don't want to hear it. I want them to go do a professional job. Realise that the way Queen's play against us is that they hit us with pace on the break and have a game plan accordingly that can deal with that. Firstly, and I'd like this noted for the pod, because in centuries to come, David, do you know how in museums and galleries now we have works by Rembrandt, Vermeer, and then going right through to the modernist cubists? Well, in years to come, they're going to have... Costa Cup, Tab, Daisy, yeah. All the um, yeah, we're going to be, it's like going to be, early 21st century, one of the funniest things ever, that was ever possible was Heart and Hand podcast. Here it is. And the essays, people doing dissertations on it. We know that. So for posterity, I'd like to say, we should not be in the playoff. Jokes aside, taking a step back, it is absolutely disgraceful that we finished third in this division. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's... And it's from McCoy, McDowell, the previous board, everyone involved, the players... You should be shamefaced. Yeah. It, 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 there's no excuse. There's no contextualising it. It is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, it's, it's totally unacceptable and it's a failure on a colossal scale. But on every yep. Yeah, but we are there. I agree with you. I think what Stuart Cole said with his jokey little bit about last time we tried to practice on a plastic pitch, they beat us anyway. So um, it must be bad luck. So we're gonna lock up the plastic pitch. Ooh, bad luck. That was just stupid. And um, you do have to practice on a plastic pitch. Watch the games. But David is right, folks. Watch the games, watch other games featuring Queen of the South, and you'll notice they do intricate passing, they suck teams in, and then they get behind you using pace and width, and then set up your team to not concede goals to that type of team, get off the dreaded plastic pitch with 0-0, or maybe 1-0 at the very worst, and try and hump them at Ibrox, okay? Do not do what you usually do, which is go down there and get beat. End of tactical masterclass. Yeah, it's just quite straightforward. And uh, are you are you throwing your hat in the ring for the for the job next season? Well, I could do with the cash. Well, you could be significantly worse than the previous manager, and I, I don't say that as a comedy feature. You couldn't be significantly worse than the previous manager. No, there is a couple of problems. I might not be a pure laugh in the training room. Un- certainly, undoubtedly. I mean, anyone well, listening to this could tell me that. Years, and it's unlikely. Isn't yeah, it? let's let's not be honest. Um, but I would let people kick footballs off my arse. So, and that's good in the CV. Okay, then, fair dues. I, I, I would hire you. Okay, then, well, we'll know more next week. We'll know roughly where we are. We want to hear what you think about what we've been saying here. I mean, not because it'll change our minds, but just it seems polite to ask. Speaking of polite, Scott's came all the way uh, through, through cyberspace to be with us today. The least we can do is let him do his bit in the Sport and Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award, when we look round the world of sport and see who's made the biggest dick of themselves over the past seven days, named in honour of the concept of sporting integrity, which, uh, sort of like a turd that you can't flush, keeps popping up, no matter how hard you try to get rid of it, and uh, we've seen plenty of that this week. Just before we started, though, Scott, there was a report done by researchers, so it's a fact. Right, yeah. Right. Um, There was a report that said that women who have a partner who's funny mm-hmm. tend to have more and better orgasms. Is that why our wives are torn-faced gits? We are hoots. I know. That's the thing. We are hilarious. Sometimes I just need to take my trousers off and my wife will burst out laughing. Which is partly... Exactly. I mean... That's apparently one of them organisms. I know. Apparently there's multiple organisms by blaster. And in that case, this pod must be like... An aphrodisiac. Yeah, and, that, and that, whatever that is. I mean, basically, we're we're like Viagra. So what we're going to say is, 
if you're having trouble delivering the goods to an acceptable standard, you know, yeah, if you, you are, probably are, if you in the kind of central marketplace are only getting two stars on Amazon type thing, yeah. play this pod to her. Yes. And get them to think of us. You know, lie back and think of heart and hand. You know, just just when you're doing it, you could be going, going. Who's your favourite podder? Right, yeah. call me, call me Davy, call me Scott, call me Cammy. <laughs> you know, come on, let's go through the bits from Spears of the Week. Uh, uh, uh. Do you know the worst part of that was what? was I was doing that little bit there. I actually did did, did, did the the motion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I I was miming humping uh, a young lady from behind. Did you turn Japanese as well? I, I did. The, I did this sort of riding crop thing, you know, like like Willie riding, Carson yeah. riding all Dunity to glory. That was kind of. I did that. It, I hope I, we never have to do this sort of thing in any sort of televised setting because I'm going to go to prison. Well, there's two though. There's the there's the sort of laying your hand on the, the tree of the doing from behind movement. That's what I did. It was arm across. And yeah, a, and a arm across, arm and across, side spank, side spank in the movement backwards and forwards, and visible arse. Yeah, yes. I was kind of like an erotic Marcel Marceau. <laughs> Indeed, yes, yes. Um, via the gift, delivering orgasms via the gift of mind. Being the gift of mind. Yeah, exactly. Modern dance and interpretive modern dance on how to make your women come. Anyway, with that, we we should move on. Can I ask you a question, David? Go on, Scott. Are the SPFL and SFA? Because of so obvious what they're trying to do by stealing all our cash, yes. are they are they basically excluded by being too obvious this week? What you mean by the fact that they seem to change the rules every six minutes and haven't actually got some of the rules that they're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I think that they are excluded. Although one thing I will say is, if you're a fan of another club and you're listening to this podcast, a you're a nutter. But anyway, um, if you're a fan of another club and you're watching fellow working people being stiffed on ticket prices just because they support a football club you don't like, you are a dick. Um, I would support any club, including Celtic, if they were having this battle with the SFA or the SPFL or whoever is, is claiming to do it. This is unjust, it's wrong. If Rangers are in a position to let working people in for free to a football match, then it should be done and it should be encouraged. And if clubs need the money so badly because the SPFL can't get a fucking sponsor after two years, then it's them they need to take this up with. Not say, oh, Rangers are being selfish, or Rangers are doing this and that. It's an absolute disgrace. And again, we are forced to put up with these weapons who have jobs of power in Scottish football. Now, we can all suspect the reason why they're lightning rods, they're easily malleable to certain clubs' needs and desires. It doesn't matter. It's incompetence on a huge scale. They are the Maginot line of Scottish football administration, and it's time that they were overrun, Scott. Correct. And with those mixed metaphors, we'll push on. Um, We're going to start with a good bit of excuse-making, David, Okay. Because that's what the Scottish football is all about, isn't it? Yes. Excuses. And it's Portugal coach Fernando Santos. Now, Portugal used to be good at football, did they not? A while back, yeah. And even recently they had their moments, yeah? Yeah, but they've also had some right moments. They've had some alley moments. Including losing 2-0 at home to the Cape Verde Islands. They're not even a team. No. You just made that up, but they did get beat by them, even though they don't exist. But there was a reason. Go on. The reason they could be. Do you know what the reason was? What? We knew that this game was going to be difficult and that we'd be up against it because they speak Portuguese too. The bastards. There you go. Well, don't, don't colonise them then. 
Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Borrow a magic carpet from the start of this and go back and don't colonise the Cape Verde Islands. Yeah, or don't shout out your top secret tactical instructions then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you'd like that as an Ali-esque grasp at an excuse, isn't it? Yeah, they uh, spoke English too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they speak the same language as us. Uh, that's that's a pretty poor one. That That's just move right into the favourite position here yeah, last it's week. ridiculous. In Italy, model Rosie Mazzuli is aiming to lure a rich sheik to buy bankrupt Parma by pledging she'll do an irresistible public striptease. Okay. As Yuli says, the gesture will impress any Arab sheiks. This will be how I repay the city that adopted me. I will save the club of my heart. By stripping for them, they will then invest. Does she want to move to Glasgow? Well, I was thinking she can have a new adoptive home any time. Rosie Mazzuli. I remember hmm. you used to get, and some, some listeners remember this, when you were walking to Ibrox, there were some right ropey-looking Haridans um, from local lap dancing establishments handing out flyers to yeah. to people going into to Ibrox. And yes. being sober for, for a while now, Scott, I'm generally not beer-goggled up no. when I'm walking in. And um, with all due respect to these young ladies, who I'm sure are, are beautiful on the inside... I'm yes. not necessarily sure I'd like to pay pay the money to take the clothes off. Let's just say they get the benefit of the lighting in those in establishments. The, yes. Yeah, it's and blackness. the only pole I want them riding is no one connected to me. No, perhaps somebody from Poland. But, but why not? You know, we're a multicultural society these days. You're not. You're a you're a Tory bastard, but I am. I'm a, I'm a fascist, but that's fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm a red Tory wanker apparently now. It's quite yeah. funny because I used to get abuse because you know heart and hand, and I uh, used to get abuse on Twitter from people because there's you know like um, red, white, blue colouring on our logo and stuff. Yeah. So obviously that made me a Tory bastard. Obviously. But, but now that you know, people have asked me, I've said that I'm a member of the Labour Party, all the rest of it. I'm now a red Tory bastard. But I'm still a bastard. You can't win. Well, consistency has always been your thing, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, you were going to say you can't win. Considering some of the people that are doing the insulting, I, I, I am a winner in life, yeah. trust me, yeah. I, I think I can probably be, be... I've got a great record for you, David, right? Go on. I managed, through the Twitter sphere this week, okay? Yeah. To get a, a, a so-called member of the 45, okay? Uh-huh. I got them from zero... To Sevco Hun user deed within three tweets. That's quite impressive, mate. Yes. That's a quickly let their guard down. So, not saying they're always the same sort of people, but they are. They are. Right. Oh, Ghana. We like a bit of African action, don't we? Yes, we do. Make of that what you will. Second tier Okwahu United coach. Fabulous. Safo Cast- yes, Okwahu United, yeah. And his name's Safo Castro. Oh, Can't that's say. magnificent. He took refuge up a tree after being chased by angry United fans with police having to rescue him from a possible lynching. Jesus. But this is good because the next day, and you used to like this because you, you used to work with policy and procedure, didn't you? Yes, PR, yes. HR and all that thing. Yes. Next day, he was sacked for an attitude not in line with company policy. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I like that. So, running away from being killed, apparently just wasn't in their terms and conditions. Well, that's it. You've got a standard to maintain, and being lynched by fans, apparently. Again, that makes you think that, see, when Scottish players take to Twitter to complain about abuse from fans, at least yeah. we've stopped taking a rope to the games. Yeah. And talking of which, though, and I, in fact, think that CSKA Sofia have employed Peter Lowell in some capacity, OK? OK. How's this for our job, right? 
20th of April, 2015. Okay? Mm -hmm. CSK Sophia Winger, Tony Silva, hits out at racist abuse aimed at him by CSK fans who are having a Hitler birthday party display. Jesus. Including a swastika and monkey chants and bananas thrown at Tony Silva. In okay? Russia? Russians were celebrating Hitler's no, birthday? Sophia, uh, Bulgaria. Bulgaria, sorry, yeah. Well, yeah, but they were invaded, but yeah, exactly. So... They had a Hitler birthday party celebration, swastikas and bananas and monkey chants, the whole thing's okay. He said, they don't deserve respect. They call me monkeys. I can't accept it. There'll be no more of this. Ha! 21st of April, Tony Silva sits down with CA Key's PR team to, publish an to write and publish an open letter to the fans of the club's website. I love CSK and its fans. They're great. What happened wasn't pleasant, but I can understand it. They're an emotional bunch. There was no racism. Anyone saying otherwise cannot be serious. What evidence is there of any racism? Yours, Tony. Yeah, and sitting next to Petersky Lowersky. Yes. <laughs> yeah, was it? So that's less than 24 hours later, um, Hitler's birthday party was uh, exonerated and wiped from CSK Sophia's history. And a line of sexual picadillos, is that okay? Yes, go on. I always like ending with sexual uh, picadillos. Ronaldo, sorry, Ronaldinho, the, the gaucho, Ronaldinho, okay? He's looking for another new club. He went to Mexico to play for Corretero and it didn't go so well as they, they had hoped, okay? They got rid of him um, amid more lifestyle allegations, that's what they're calling it, lifestyle allegations. Yes. In January, the fitness coach Roberto Basigay told the local media, I will need to tailor a special regime for Ronaldinho because, let's face it, as a rule, he doesn't do any physical exercise at all. I cannot make him run because, well, he doesn't like it. In fact, in terms of physical exercise, there aren't really any things that he does like. Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. Ronaldinho himself said at the time, I like playing football and I like having sexual intercourse. How <laughs> <laughs> to argue. You know, I, well, he's not winning because that's, that is fantastic. I mean, that's, that's basically 96% yes. 90, of our listenership. Uh, yes. The 2% being you and me, I think. So, uh, right, okay. Oh, who was the first one? That, that one was... Oh, where are we? Um, ah, Fernando Santos and his excuses right. for losing to Cape Verde Islands. That's a Cape Verde Islands guy. So congratulations, Fernando Santos. You're the winner of this week's Sport Integrity Award. Right, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Um, as usual, I would just like to to give my thanks to the, the people who made this possible, me. Um, but also there are other people who sort of help out as best they can. Um, Paul Myers and Mike Lee, our executive producer in London, sound engineer, uh, Mr Charlie Ashworth, and of course, Mr Scott Vandenacker. Thank you. Are we having a score prediction thing for for the game? You want to? Not really. No, no, no not really. Let's, let's, let's table one. I, I think we'll actually get a draw. I think it'll be one each. Yeah, I think we're going to... Do something not as bad as usual. I've just, I yeah, like. I've got a wee feeling as well, but I don't want to. After you know, saying a few weeks ago that Stuart McCall was Jose Mourinho, I don't really want to to go down that route again. Yeah. You can get in touch with us though to lambast us for our useful, uh, useless predictions by uh, dropping us an email, which is ibroxrocks at ocks at playbackmedia.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at ibroxrocks or Scott and at Scott Hartland, and see how quickly you can get him to froth at the mouth about the election. Or you can also get in touch with us on the Facebook page, which is just Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast on Facebook. That's pretty much it. My name's David Edgar. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. 
Get all the associated links for this podcast at ibroxrocks.com. Podcast Network.